In 2019, a movie came out that shocked the world. It was colorful and disturbing and horrifying and shocking and got everyone talking. It was called The Rise of Skywalker and it sucked. This week we're talking about Midsommar. How Star Wars is it? Good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. I like it. Sometimes you say good morning, but I know. this time I love changing afternoon. it up. Welcome everybody to How Star Wars Is It. Welcome to How Star Wars Is It. That's our show. I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike, and this is the only podcast. That's right. And on this podcast, we uh what do we do? Well, we rate things on a scale of one to ten of not how good or bad they are, but have how Star Wars they are. Right. So Star Wars movies, they tend to get higher scores than say moving to a new apartment. Yes. Or um, you know, the pumpkin spice latte. So what we do is we take everything Star Wars, uh movies, books, TV shows, we put it all into one big pot, we mix that pot up, we get it boiling on the burner. A nice little Star Wars chili. That's a 10 out of 10. We compare everything to that. Yeah. Not we're very many things, things have gotten a 10. Chili. <laughs> we compare things to chili. But this week, we're talking about a movie, which movies are generally easier than concepts. Yeah, they're, and other a, they're not as far of a leap as something like love. <laughs> right. And we actually have a uh, special guest and an expert on this film, I, mm-hmm. I think. Accord- at least according to the, the Blu-ray cover I just saw, absolutely an expert <laughs> to, on this film. Uh, yes, actor, comedian, media gadfly. You may know him from his many podcasts or appearances on podcasts, but it is without a doubt the thing you most know him for is the one night only 2016 staged reading of Dr. Horrible Singalong blog for an audience of about 18 <laughs> Stephen Kropa yeah you know that's the only occurrence of my public masturbation that's ever happened mm. I was gonna jump in there and say I maybe even you might know him even more from his uh, starring role in the remarkably garbage life of Brendan Fraser the musical yes. uh, at MCL uh, in which I met Steven. And uh, honestly, that show uh, had pretty good um, that audience attendance. Very well. So that, yeah. that was interesting. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me bully you on Twitter to have me on. This is great. Oh, my God. That's that's Absolutely. where... Um, that's where we get all our guests. It's it's Yeah, it's where we get anything proactive done for the show. <laughs> it only works in instances like this. It has not worked for any representation or any sort of pilot season stuff for me. So I, yeah. uh, I'm just going to stick with this. You just got to... You just got to... You know, it's like the secret, right? You throw it out there in the mm-hmm. world and then, and then maybe you'll get to be on a podcast <laughs> that is uh, just for fun in which you're not... <laughs> Not getting paid and everything's just for fun. Podcast just for fun is like a uh, jumbo shrimp, right? It's just oxymoron. It's just we're all doing. Yeah, no, everyone does to. podcasts for the money. Yeah, yeah, I'm in it for the. This is a very long term investment for me, and it's been you know uh, five years. Uh, not of house services, it, but one of these days. Oh. But um, I. I was uh, lucky enough to be on your podcast, Overstated, right before you left Chicago yes. and went moved to Los Angeles a couple of years ago. Yes, uh, Overstated, which was a blast. We a did Maryland. <laughs> we have we still have one episode in the can that'll get real. I was like planning on releasing as like the first episode of the second season, uh, but then uh, the world 
uh, turned. The quote, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the world turns upside down. <laughs> and I wasn't in the room where it happened anymore. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dear Theodosia, we sure love those references here. Now, now, have you done Texas yet on Overstated? Cause, I don't believe um, we've done Texas yet. Now okay, that well, just, uh, you know, whenever, whenever that second season comes back, just jot me down for the Texas app. Talk about uh, bullying. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bully you right now in a very public setting. Please, that is fine. Uh, yes, I will once that comes back. But uh, we're not here to talk about one of these. We're things. not here to talk about defunct hiatus podcasts. <laughs> oh, right and now. believe me, we could all day oh, with me. Absolutely, <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> that's right. We are here today to talk about. And I'm going to go ahead and let just because he's proven his um, uh, uh, expertise on the film, mm-hmm. showing us his director's cut A24 special edition uh, Blu-ray. How do you pronounce this frickin' movie? Uh, I say Midsommar. Okay, But that uh, could just be my uh, Jersey Shore accent coming in. Yes. Where things come in chewy. So, Midsommar. Yes. It's not Midsommar. Don't take that. (laughs) I've heard it many different ways. I I, I like Midsommar. I I like like saying my favorite movie that's come out recently. Yes. Now this is great. This okay, is great. we gotta get into this because we gotta get into it because um, I so. I also quite uh uh I was <laughs> I was quite taken by it. I don't know if yeah. enjoyed was the right word because it was very upsetting, but like I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I want more movies like that. Yes. You know, like sure. when I saw um what's his face who did the witch and um the lighthouse. Those are movies that it's like, okay, I'm going to think about that every day until I see it again. (laughs) Now, those are other, those are two other two movies that I love. I love those two guys. I love, um, and Ari Aster who did this, who also directed Hereditary. Now I like this more than I like Hereditary. I need to see Hereditary because I, uh, just, just rip the bandaid off. I thought this movie was dumb and I didn't like it. And, uh, it was interesting because (laughs) when we reached out to Steve or when we were talking about what topics we could do, Steven like brought up a bunch and neither Mike or I had seen Midsommar. So we were like, yeah, we'll watch it. I had been meaning to watch it because I, a lot of my friends liked it, heard a lot of buzz about it back when it came out. So I watched it with my girlfriend the other night and, um, step one right there. Mistake. Mistake. <laughs> well, it was interesting because normally, because she sometimes doesn't like movies that I think are great, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" And mm. then, like, she didn't like It Follows, and I thought It Follows was really interesting and cool. Um, and then, like, and, and she, we neither of us do a lot of like horror movies in general. And Mids- Midsummer's not super horror-y After seeing it, I thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it was. But from everything that you just said, are you a, a, a horror movie buff in general? Huge, it sounds like you huge are. horror movie buff. I have, I can get up and show you my. I have a John Carpenter dad hat. <laughs> yes. I yeah. since quarantine has started, my I have two friends. My my friends, uh, Mike and Jess. We've been doing horror movie Mondays. Uh, oh, fun. So oh, we nice. we watch a horror movie every Monday together, uh, which is fun. Um, yeah. You know, so what? You just turn on CNN every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, am I right? Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I love horror movies. I don't. Um, yeah, I just like being spooked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the same. It's kind of the same thing. Like going to a comedy. I love. I miss seeing horror movies in theaters where you kind of have everybody yelling e- with each other and like. Right. One of my favorite theater experiences is seeing Insidious and the woman next to me and I who were not together and came with different mm-hmm. parties latched onto each other for the entirety of the film. <laughs> uh, I get. I'm very jumpy. And I'm very gullible, and so all those things just lead into a, a great horror movie audience member, I believe. 
And you and that woman are married now? We're married now. We just wow. uh, Gideon is seven, which is crazy (laughs) to think about. That's so (laughs) odd. Beautiful. Uh, no, I, 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 so I've been experiencing something recently that I, I, and we've talked about this on the show before. Is Mike and I are scaredy boys that we're afraid of a lot of movies, and yeah, and every so, time you say that, I also always say, yeah, kind of. I'm more just like less interested. <laughs> yeah, you. I was gonna. I was just about to say, like you, you less than me. For a yeah. long time, I was just like, I'm not gonna watch any scary movies. I'm too afraid. And there's something that's happened over the course of like the last two years where every scary movie I've watched, I've been like, that wasn't that wasn't very scary, mm. like. I have not been afraid, frightened by any of these so-called scary movies that I've watched, and so I'm like, did I did did I change, or have they never been scary? And yeah, I just why thought aren't they you, were because why I was aren't a kid. you addressing your own inside feelings? Why can't you connect with your emotions? Out it's like all of a that's what I'm worried. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, is something wrong with me? Well, uh-huh. I'll tell you, the when I first saw this in theaters, I I don't think you can beat that. Um, yeah, this this seems like it would have been really cool because to it, well, it wasn't screen. it wasn't that packed. It was it was packed, but there's a scene. And we're, I'm assuming we're gonna jump around the, the film, but there's a scene yeah, and yeah. also spoilers. But you should watch this movie. Uh, there's a scene where they go, "What's that building?" And mm-hmm. uh, one of the Harga members says, "Oh, that's the sacred temple. We don't talk about that." Yeah, and that is the moment where uh, a 3.8 earthquake hit while I was in the movie theater. Oh, <laughs> so the chairs start shaking, and I go, "This movie is so affecting." And I didn't know it was my first earthquake. I didn't know what was happening. I was uh-huh. really was like, "So, <gasps> wow!" And people left. Somebody yelled, "It's the big one!" And there was one other guy in the back row with me, um, and he didn't get up. And so I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna follow. We stick together, I guess. I'm gonna follow this guy." The movie went off for a little bit, came back on, and we were all fine. And uh, it, I don't know. It's just this. This could have been. This could have been the last movie I ever saw. Is what <laughs> I'm saying. It actually. It was the big one, and the twist is, is that this is the afterlife. And Midsummer was the. Yeah, yeah you're right. dead. It was the Welcome portal. to the afterlife. Oh, wow. I. I. Um. Similarly, I. I feel like also, Josiah, you and I, when we did Scream and we've done a couple other scary movies, and I think we've both realized, and maybe I, I don't mean to speak for you, but like, hey, wait a minute, maybe we do want to become horror movie fans. Yes. Like, we, yes. we talked about doing like the sort of the Lauren Lapkus, Nicole Byer newcomers model oh, yeah, with yeah, just yeah. like horror. <laughs> and Yuck. and the little bits that I have seen, you know, like I've seen one of the, I've seen the first Halloween. Of course, I've seen Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Um, right, classic. But, uh, I've I've only seen a handful here and there, and like I I did finally, you know, one day when I was working on an art project, I was like, I gotta just at some point watch Scream Two. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I was like, maybe maybe I'll get into horror movies, and that'll be my twenty twenty one. Even though, of course, now we're already in February, <laughs> and I've watched one horror movie, but like yeah. maybe. <laughs> We're making good progress. No, I, I feel the same. I loved, I watched The Thing for this show and I loved right. The Thing. Oh, I really best. loved every, I've seen Scream 1, 2, and 3 now and I thought they were all great. And those Scream are four. like, you know. Scream 4 is the second best Scream. I hear that it's really good and I need to watch it. Um, But yeah, and like I know those are sort of horror adjacent and that they are very meta and kind those of. Those are great, some... I would say, for both of you as like horror newbies to mm-hmm. go yeah. into because you like movie, you, you like film or whatever. Those are yeah. great like kind of gateways in. Um, that's what I was kind of feeling. And so then that, that led me to some more of the ones that I was like, I've heard these are good. Like it follows in midsummer. Like whenever you brought it up, I was like, yeah, I finally want I finally got to see this. And let, let me say, I, 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 I'm being a little glib when I said, I thought it was dumb. 
I, I think it it's is very funnier likely. to have a strong opinion. It is. It's yeah. true. <laughs> it's very. Likely. I will go toe to toe with you, and I will convince you <laughs> that oh, you're wrong. Oh, and listen, and I have absolutely no interest. Okay, in, first scene. Uh, it's the tapestry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I. It's highly likely that I just didn't get it. Um, and I am totally okay with that because I will say that this movie is like expertly crafted, like cinematography, uh, tone, pacing, atmosphere, acting, everything is very yeah. much a part of the package and it feels, everything fits in and feels very like a piece of the whole to me. Totally. Um, I only and took I think, like six notes and half of them were about the cinematography. Like no, gorgeous. The, the shot that follows the car and then it goes up and over the car and oh, then it's upside ugh. down mm-hmm. as it's like shooting the front of the car. I was like, uh oh, we in it now. <laughs> that gave me that gave me legit vertigo. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what we're doing, okay. I uh I from minute one this movie had me because you have this cool in the cool tapestry in the beginning, and every trailer or whatever would was in the daylight and like sunny and you're like this is crazy this you don't see horror movies during the day at all right and then as moment the tapestry raises and it's snowing and it's winter and you're like wait a minute yeah i'm on board already i'm already on board i love the score fire temple theme all day i'll listen to that all day (laughs) um it's just yeah what do you want how do we do that how do because i could just i could you could just hear me for an hour going it's just so it's just like well here you know wow and then when she i'll Maybe I'll bring up some of the things that yeah, I didn't like. Yeah, I'm actually like, interested can... in that too. Like, I want to yeah, hear some of those like <laughs> contrarian. Yeah, points, and here's or the thing: I didn't like it. Points. <laughs> once again, like I, I am not someone who has any interest in converting anybody to my idea of whether a movie is good or bad or not. Like, case in point, Rise of Skywalker. Like, if you're a Star Wars fan who who liked Rise of Skywalker, I am envious of you, and I am not going to try to change your mind. Yeah, right. Because I thought it was very bad. So, mm-hmm. With with Midsummer. I like I said, expertly crafted. Everything was fantastically done. I did not believe it ever because the characters acted so foolishly to me. The 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 American, specifically the outsiders who weren't part of the commune, they acted so uh like unbelievably to me. Like from the first time that they saw the uh like once again spoilers for literally everything. When they see the ritual suicide where the two elders jump off the cliff, I was like, there's no fucking way anybody from the United States of America would see that and go, yeah, no, I'll stay for the rest of this. Like every single one of them would have who would have absolutely left. And then when it got worse from there and crazier shits kept yeah. happening, I was like, I and then it's addressed fairly early on that like, even if they had tried to leave, they would have been kept from leaving and killed anyway. But the fact that the, I mean, you have to suspend your disbelief in horror in general, because people are going to be making bad decisions. Turn on the lights. <laughs> but yes, you need right. To do that. And then also this past year, I mean, if anything proved, maybe people in horror movies are smarter than we're giving them credit for. Because, yes. Yeah. So there's only one knowable <laughs> danger right now, and it's leaving your house. And there's fucking people everywhere. <laughs> we could have that's all so, worn a so small true. piece of cloth on our face for yeah. two weeks and been done. But no, we won't do that. So literally, no, right. it's changed how I watch horror movies as well because I go, these people are pretty smart by uh, splitting up because they can cover more ground that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, okay. So they do at least though seed the idea that a first of all the British people are completely appalled by that, and right. then the 
obviously our main protagonist Danny is like completely distraught and then the other boys one slept through it and the other two are like anthropology nerds and they're like oh a culture has a different thing you know like they seeded yeah, right. their distrust you know, of the situation or their interest yes. even like those especially yeah. for them i mean and you have Danny uh Florence Pooh who had, who did this and little women in uh-huh. 2019, both two of my favorite just, movies. A yeah. landmark year it's for just her. So good. And and I once again, I think the acting in this was was pretty good. I thought she was incredible. I found like the dudes to be kind of lackluster, but they're also kind of supposed to be lackluster. So I was like, eh, okay. But she was great. I thought she was wonderful. She's great, but she's getting gaslit by Christian, uh, yes. right. Jack Rayner, uh, and uh, and then also being swept into a cult. So like both ends. Kind of, yeah. Yes, and also on psychedelics. So like, she doesn't really have a chance to react a way that you would want someone to react to. Right. And even then, I think she does a pretty good job. And she yeah. even also has like her own vulnerabilities and like less to lose by being gaslit and and you know welcomed into a cult that like she's she's the only one seemingly fighting those things, but she also. Um, it, it seems like the sort of like killing joke thing of like you just need like one bad day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and this and, is and absolutely like, a better Joker movie than well, yeah. what we got. Yeah, so. totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I, I had a friend who really enjoyed this movie, Taylor Walters Chapman, who you guys might know. Um, mm-hmm. But so I was talking with her about it afterwards, and um, she loves it too. Like one of her favorite, her like her favorite thriller. And so, so I, I think I understand some of the themes and like what was trying to get across because absolutely Danny was being gaslit and being like manipulated by the men in her life. And she gets to gets to experience this cult in which she is like sort of like kind of radically accepted and not necessarily in, in a good way sometimes. The uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, I'm gonna. I should have. I should know all their names. They're my best friends. Um, uh, Pele. <laughs> Pele. His name is Pele. Yeah. The joy in Pele's eyes when he hears that she's coming. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's just like, this is easy prey, essentially, or like this right. is like yeah. the easiest sell I'll ever have, because she needs a she needs a found family, and that's what yeah. you know. That's one of the biggest selling points. Um, for a, a group like this, and that 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 leads me into another thing I I d- didn't like because I think the theme of that sort of her because it's about Danny's journey, right? And it's about her finding the getting away from the manipulation in her life and the the gas in her life to to find a family where she can feel her feelings and be like seen. That sort of theme, if if you want to call it that, I feel like is undercut by the fact that she was manipulated into going by Pele, who essentially just wanted her to go so he could have someone to in the cult that he can like have sex with that and have a child that's not inbred. No, 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 no. Absolutely, that's that's not it at all. He starts seducing her as soon as they get there. Right, but that's fine. But he doesn't. He. It's not like we see him at dinner and go, "Hey, hey, Christian, you should invite." Danny along he doesn't see that at all he's just bringing dudes with him to because they need people uh because as far as because he's it's not the fathers it's 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 the women of Harga that would give birth so it's not they would never have an outsider um do that is what we're seeing we have to go by the text that we're seeing uh so it's not established at all that that was his motivation but I I think that once she is coming that he sees it as a happy thing of like, oh, nice out outside blood where I, I can we can be together because as soon as as soon as he finds out he's coming, he starts putting the moves on her and being like Christian sucks. Don't listen to Christian, which is like 
true. Christian does suck. Her boyfriend does suck. Yeah. But he's also doing the nice guy thing of like, oh, I'm here for you. I'll, I'll, I'm here for you. My cult is here for you. Yeah, we kill people, but like, come on, we'll support you. Again, I think it's, I think you're missing the moments of he goes to Christian and reminds Christian that it's her birthday. It's he her does birthday. all these things. Yes, he's doing the he's nice doing guy the- bullshit where he's like playing, playing both sides and he's he's just he's just as shitty I in think, a different way I think as the rest of the guys. Ultimately, it is about that status at the end where he gets the, the laurel crown where she's the May Queen and I forget what title he gets, where he gets that. Because that goes down in history. Because this is one of the years where all these, all of these, you know, things are yeah. coalescing together. Right. So he gets to have the status now inside of the family or the commune or whatever or the cult or whatever we want to call it, uh, because he's brought the most people. He got the most victims. He brought the May Queen and his May and the May Queen that he brought. She picked one of. She picked the bear guy for right. him. Like they didn't even have to lose anybody. He like he's Jordan. You know, he's got three rings on. He's got this. <laughs> this is like, come on. He's the yeah. number one Harga guy. He's the goat Harga. Yeah. <laughs> that the so y- yes, I. I th- that brings me to another thing that was confusing, and then I think I understand the 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 logistics of so every 90 years they kill nine people right oh, yeah the the that was also something i wanted to like break down the timeline of because yeah. it would it would seem as though they have this festival every year every or, or festival somewhat, every year right but and what they do the like portions every, of it are only every 90 years right the big this is like the big this is like and so Bicentennial, the setting the yellow year, triangle on fire and that's and that's years. the only yeah. that's the only time when sacrifice when human sacrifice happens or do nine people get killed every summer i don't know if it's nine people every summer i know the old people the old people do die die. they die every okay so that that leads me to the second the second thing of of how this was unbelievable to me because because sweden is not an unexplored country and it, it is a place in which a lot of people live and if americans are getting invited to a small airport in sweden and then disappearing every year then mm. like i think well, it's not necessarily inter- americans every year because right, we don't sure. know where anybody, they go on there right anybody because if the fbi sees huh these people disappeared let me go look and and uh this oh they went to this airport in sweden they disappeared and then they're like wait oh uh the U- the uk police you guys also had some people disappear in the same airport last year well i'll huh. counter this with uh texas is entirely discovered and uh, if a chainsaw massacre was happening, uh, <laughs> you think somebody would talk about it, but no, it keeps happening over and over again. And if like the hills have eyes, I think somebody That's would note that out. But no, they haven't done that. And if the <laughs> devils rejected someone, I think we would have heard about that. I well, what's it? <laughs> also, <laughs> bombs can't fall in space. There's no gravity. <laughs> like, what's not that? to and bring think... up Star Wars. I hate to bring up right, Star Wars on right. the show, but like. <laughs> no, and you're right. Because once again, like, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit for horror. And it was very hard for me to do that in this setting. Because also, I was like, if this is a thing that happens every year. And these guys who are anthropologists don't know about it. And this is an entirely undiscovered and unresearched when their own people are going into the world to go to college. And we don't know anything well, about like it's a fringe group. OK, so it's not like this is like and I don't believe they live there all year round. This is like their little retreat sure, or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. So I bet, you know, those... I mean, we know about mormons and freaking i mean there's there's more mormons than there are the the commune but like you know right know but if about... there were super mormons or you know whatever <laughs> that's they true we might not we know don't know the super mormons <laughs> we don't know right 
But if if think about really like any into, yeah. think about any Orthodox group or anything yeah. like it's that. It's true. How little, yeah, and I think how little I, we know I'm, how insular I'm gonna they are. I'm going to say that, that they only are sacrificing nine people, many of which were outsiders, once every 90 years. So yeah, that's like, kind of, that was the my The taking take, of the Americans and the couple of British people, like, like if, if you're suggesting, like, how does, like, the, the FBI or whoever else not get involved every year, it's because it's not every year. I think that one piece was probably... That big piece is... is yeah. Every 90 years. Yeah. Now they might bring one or two people um just to kind of pad the pad the pad the score a little bit. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's the not, other yeah. the, the only other th- I mean there's a couple other things I might say, I don't know. I'm not going to say the only other thing I'll say, but <laughs> the I felt like I felt like there was a twist I was waiting for that never came. Oh, perfect. Which which it might have been the point uh because I was like Okay, she's the May Queen. Oh, oh, there's only five minutes of the movie left. Oh, oh, okay. All right, she's just part of the cult now. Okay, cool. And she killed her boyfriend. Cool? This movie and The Graduate have the same ending. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. It does. (laughs) The rapture she has when she, and they're all expressing themselves. They're all, they're all expelling, you know, screaming. They're doing their ultimate, ultimate release. And then you just watch that smile. It's like the top in Inception, too. You just watch it. To go a little bit off, just a and you're like, uh oh, she knows what she did, but now she, now you're too far in. Yeah, you know, right. now you've committed. Yes, you know. One of the, one of the things I wrote down was sunk cost fallacy because I feel like <laughs> every single character in this movie is experiencing that. They're like, well, we're already here. Yeah. It's already been two days. We might as well stay three days. It's like, no, just stop. Um, but yeah, I I think that like it was hard for me to understand what the point or theme was at the end because I was like, okay. All the guys were shitty, but then they all got killed rather violently for just being kind of like mildly shitty. And also her boyfriend was forced into a sexual ritual in which he was drugged and kind of didn't have agency. And then she saw that and be, and because of that, he gets burned alive. In the I don't bear. think he does. I don't think she does it because of that. I, I know that's, that's, that's not necessarily yeah. why she does, but like normally, you know, in horror, you see characters do something stupid and then they pay the price by getting killed by the killer or whatever. I, in this, it's like, no matter what you do, this cult was going to kill you Yeah, because, because the first two people that are like, this is fucked up. We're just going to leave. They're like, no, we're going to kill you. And then it's like, so it, it almost was to me, I was like, why did we have to see them disrespecting the culture or doing weird things if they were all going to die anyway? I don't know. It it felt very muddy to me by the end. Mm. And once again, I am absolutely okay with just <laughs> I don't think I understood it. Yeah, right. I, say, I, I think it's it's a little clearer because she um th- these guys are so shitty to her the whole time. She had such a like awful trauma. Everything kind of coalesces. There's there's like there's like three or four spinning plates happening all at once to her own psyche. Like I think part of why she chose her boyfriend to be sacrificed as opposed to the other guy is like, but these people are all nice to me. Why would I break. kill one of them? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the one, I think everything is so in your face about it. And it is hard to kind of keep track because it isn't, uh, you know, something going bump in the night. This is all happening yeah. in the stark light of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have just this overwhelming grief over everything and you have this american sensibility of bury it don't talk about it i don't care i don't care about your feelings and i'm gonna be i'm gonna do either pretend to care about your feelings or 
I want you to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it from the guys. And you have Danny just overwhelmed with it and not knowing what to do because she also apologizes for having feelings, which is just so, yeah. so, so, so. Like, honestly, if nothing happened, if no one died and they went on this trip and just continued having this relationship uh, strife, that would have been a scary movie too because you're watching this. <laughs> That's like, true. I think anyone who's been in like any sort of long-term relationship at some point in this movie goes, oh, I've been Danny. Oh, I've been Christian. Oh, man, I need to reconcile with that for myself yeah, at least I, mean, I had that experience i i've heard aster refer to this movie multiple in multiple interviews as a breakup movie yeah, yeah. like more than anything else yeah <laughs> uh, i i also don't and, and steven i'll be interested to see what you think because i didn't find this that scary like i said at the top like it wasn't very scary to me there were like disturbing images occasionally with like the with the deaths and the the, the occasional dismemberments and and you know nasty body horror kind of stuff but I wasn't very like I was never scared. There's not very many jump scares. Like there's just kind of some, ugh. like there's a sense of like, ugh, throughout. Yeah. But it wasn't very scary. Do you think that was intentional too, or I do? I think that did was you find it scary? I didn't find it scary. Um, I did find it uh, totally rad. Uh, I did find <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> that was sweet as hell, man. I thought it was sweet as hell. Uh, then that hammer hits I just that guy's head. Well, that's stuff, doing that's the hang loose love. gesture love. after that movie was <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> just like. I mm. do love uh, that stuff. I love practical effects. I love goop. Um, yeah. Literally anytime stuff like that happens. So that stuff always makes me like, you know, cringe and go, oh, boy, yeah, kind boy. of also laugh and cheer. Uh, mm -hmm. There are little scares. Like there's moments when she is uh, getting high and there's like things that are appearing. And as you watch, and I've watched this, uh, according to my letterbox, I've watched this six times uh, <laughs> in the past uh, year because I haven't gotten into this year yet. Oh. Um the uh there's little moments of like maybe of her mother appearing and like her father appears at the yeah. end and all these things like those little things of like oh my god you know like that kind of puts yeah. fear into you because you're like she's just getting dragged deeper and deeper Ooh. into this um, and not to mention star wars but you did say practical effects yes <laughs> so well i do have my one star once i have a star wars connection to this uh which is pretty fun i don't know when we want to talk about that uh, whenever yeah no hit us right. with it we, we've got about like six minutes before this zoom expires so let's let's hear it <laughs> uh is uh jack rayner christian he was one my choice for young han solo in solo oh. star wars story but he was also rumored he was also offered or or at least auditioned for it uh and uh i still contend that he would have been great you know, you know what was a thankless job playing <laughs> Han Solo. That's true. Yeah. No, one thousand percent. Should it have happened? Harrison Ford. He hated it. <laughs> uh, no. I just before we get into maybe one or two other quick Star Wars things. I uh, so to back up just a little bit. Caitlin and I, my fiance and I, watched the first season of Search Party together a few months ago, and oh, then great. she didn't Loved really it. care to keep going because like the the kind of like tenseness toward the end and then i kept watching it um and then periodically i would just catch her up with what was going on in the show like i would just tell her <laughs> and she really liked that like oh it's nice to not have to watch it I, like you telling me is is nice and then so after this movie i was like oh my god i just like gotta tell you about this movie she was like okay and so i just like <laughs> told her the whole movie from start to finish in fact I told her a part of it, and then we had to take a break because I was like, "This is exhausting." <laughs> but uh, she said at one point, "Like that—that that sounds really scary, but also it sounds funny. Like what you're yes. describing sounds kind of funny." Which, like, going back to something you said very early on, Stephen was like, 
seeing live comedy and seeing horror movies in a live setting it mm-hmm. they are they are tickling a bit of like the same bone you know like yeah. He, uh, Hereditary has funny moments in it too, and like bleak, dark humor in in it here. But this one has like specific, like, and we're all comedy people, has specific written jokes in it. Like Will right. Boy, uh, Will Palter, Palter, I don't know how it's, uh, Eyebrow Boy. Uh, yes, uh-huh. he, he, he's uh, fucking vaping the whole time. Vaping the Hilarious. whole time. Hilarious. That so was good funny. enough for me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, I just was. He takes a piss on a on a oh, yeah. on a sacred oh, the, log, the which Miller's to me is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I kept describing everybody. I was like, okay, so the Swedish guy who was their friend in America, and then Florence Pugh and, the and her place. boyfriend <laughs> right. went here, and then Cheedy and the We're the Millers guy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, this one, it the was former funny. captain this, of the Dawn Treader. This one <laughs> reminded me a lot of uh, the. Wait, was the, wait who was in who was in Chronicles of Narnia? Will Point Will uh, whatever his last name is Walter the Poulter, We're the Millers guy. That's <laughs> I wrote the note of was this the guy from Bandersnatch? But it's not. <laughs> they was, just both have the same eyebrows. No, he was in it. He was in <laughs> was it. Was he? He was the boss in it. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> Mike is making a shocked face. Wait, hold on. So when Bandersnatch kid who's from Dunkirk goes to like <laughs> visit his boss. Oh. He is the boss. Yeah. Oh, I, wow, Mike. that is very weird. Because <laughs> I was thinking of the sort of the Bandersnatch guy that, like, he's yeah. like, that gets hey, you're in the Bandersnatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, British <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, we yeah. know what you're talking about. Mike, going off your story about Caitlin, I did see her Instagram story in which she said, Mike is watching Midsummer in the other room and occasionally just going, oh, 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 yeah. and I oh, am boy. too afraid. The people and jumping I off her. the cliff and this seeing, was... like, her hit face first. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. She, I, she I messaged her and was like, other I have to watch it up. too. <laughs> it's true. He did a bad job. Uh, Although I did I did something similar with, I, I started watching Haunting of Hill House, like this, ha- this last Halloween, because I heard it was really good. And then the first episode was, was really good. And it wasn't like, it, it freaked me out a little bit because it was like, you know, ghost stuff is a little scary or whatever. But then I was just like, I don't want to watch 10 episodes of a TV show. So I just read the Wikipedia like <laughs> plot synopsis because I was like, I am intrigued. I do want to know what happens. I'm someone who is all about like if you, spoilers shouldn't, if a spoiler ruins the movie or the show or whatever, then it, then the show wasn't written well or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you care about, like sure. I care about that stuff. So I obviously, I'm not going to watch, uh, I'm not going to read deep in-depth stuff about WandaVision or whatever that's coming out, but I'll watch trail. Sure. I have friends who will avoid trailers mm-hmm. and I go, well, no, a trailer is an entirely different thing. Uh, cut. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll tell you about more relationship stuff. So this in theaters. Uh, yeah. You want yes. to point, and I, I like to sit in the back because uh, I was at a new theater too. I just moved out here. I didn't know where the best place to sit was. It wasn't like Chicago AMC River East where I knew exactly where I wanted to sit in every single theater. Uh, <laughs> so I sat in the back and I just got to see like all the couples come in together. And I got to watch also throughout as the movie continued, you know, <laughs> girlfriends leaning over and hitting their boyfriends because they were like, that's what you do. Or like, you know. <laughs> Oh or like, God! Or at the end of the at the end of it, going. I heard this woman go to her partner, just go, and you see why he was wrong, right? <laughs> like just like <laughs> God. And those moments were so like again. He Ari Aster says he wants to write a comedy, um, like a relationship comedy next after this, and yeah, uh, and more than like wanting to hold a lightsaber in, in film, and more than like wanting to ride a horse like and and be mr darcy or whatever my dreams would be i want to be in his next comedy because i just think <laughs> it would be 
nothing like anyone can expect. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. It's just so. I feel like I feel like that would be the it would be the reverse Jordan Peele, where it would probably be a very good comedy coming from a horror yeah. director, because it's yeah, like yeah, right. like because they've talked he's talked about so many times like those those techniques are so similar. And I, and like we said earlier, this movie is f- like funny sometimes. And I feel like if it was a few ticks to the left, this movie would have been, could have been a comedy. Well, like if it was just slightly a few, I would have been like, this is fucking funny. Everyone's dying out here. Well, it's that's great. The Sam, that's the Sam Raimi effect. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You watch any of his horror films, you watch Evil Dead uh, or you watch Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Well, Spider-Man <laughs> 2, you know, has great horror. Doc has, Ock. Has great horror that, moments, especially oh, when yeah. he, you know, has his arms right. attached. But like specifically, like drag me to hell, drag me to hell. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Uh, but I it haven't, goes, and I know that that's another one I need it's, to see. It's so much fun because it just goes maybe thirty, not even thirty seconds, maybe ten seconds longer in beats that take it from horror to maybe my favorite comedy of like you know the last, it just it just <laughs> these little of like whenever that year came out, but just it goes from like little mm-hmm. moments of like. Just because you're staging, everything's staging. It's all physical set pieces, and it's the same thing of like you know a Marx Brothers or or a Looney mm-hmm. Tunes or whatever. Um, but you right. just it's just that timing thing of like of ten seconds. If you ha- if you hold a moment a little bit longer, your body reaction has a release and it's not tight anymore. You get to laugh, and that's what these moments right. do. And I think he Ari Aster I think does as well. I think he threads that line, and I'm I would be so excited to see what he does with the comedy. Yeah, like whenever yeah, they walk totally. past, they're like, "Is that?" They're like, "What's? Are you gonna explain the bear?" And he's like, "It's a bear." It's like oh. that's that's funny. Yeah. That's a and great like, that's, line. That's are a, we gonna acknowledge line. this bear? It's a bear. Yeah. Just moments of like going, like, "Is this a pube?" And you're like, "Oh God!" Like just having an actual reaction, and like those moments. Yeah. Of just. I will say I a couple like, <laughs> more criticisms before we do. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, like it? I'm laughing at the moment where like they're doing the May Queen dance. And they're like, I don't speak this language. And it's like, you're, I can understand you. <laughs> Just like this weird twin talk, like, you know, drug-induced, like, gibberish. But they're both like, right. like, it's translated underneath the bottom. Like, I do understand you. It's like that's out of an Apatow film. Like, it's the same, like, <laughs> yeah. Before we before we do some start, maybe a couple Star Wars things before we go to the break. I, I, there's a couple, like like, outside of horror movie analysis, things that I didn't super love and like and that my girlfriend talked a little bit too the 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 gender politics of this are a little strange uh, to me especially considering the uh i don't know the ending and sort of like what we're led to try to think of this as it could be right as a feminist narrative in a way um but then like the uh the jobs within the commune are very divided by gender at least it seems and Mm -hmm. the whole like period blood and and pubic hair in their food thing like my girlfriend was saying that's very reminiscent of like the oh yeah those the 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 vagina will bewitch you and will will change you and control your mind and like it's so there's some weird stuff there i also didn't love the way right but here's the thing it literally did and this (laughs) i I did say that i was like it was literally magic though this time and we need to keep in mind that this is they're doing this is all pageantry this is tradition this is going back eons 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 you know hundreds hundreds if not out, you know, a thousand years or whatever, back to their earliest right. iterations. I so think that's something I, I didn't realize. Yeah, is that they're not there all the time. They're not there all the time. Know? So it's like you know, the guy in the beard, the guy they come, he's like, yeah, he's a banker during the day or whatever it would be. You yeah. know, 
Um, I think I or, at le- or even if they live in this commune all year round, what they're doing specifically this weekend is not their day to day. You know, because right. yeah, they do. Maybe they do. They do. You know, Pele talks about yes, they do all sleep together. The younger ones, the older kids, raise the younger ones. So they, that's all stuff that they do practice. But directly role based is you see women in uh, the height of at the seat of power. And the entire we have the the leader. Sure. Um, she's there. We have you know. Um, they're always the ones who are opening the doors to the next new experience, explaining what's going to be happening, explaining what's, you know, oh, this, yeah. this drink is just for, um, it relaxes you, whatever it would be, you yeah. know, whatever it would be. But it's also, uh, and then also, but they also do have to cook yeah. and serve the food and everything. And then just two more quick things. I didn't love the portrayal of mental illness. I think that's kind of weird. That, that is my one. Yeah. My one. They went out of their way to be like, her sister was bipolar, and so she murdered her parents. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I was going to talk about I was talking about that. Uh, and. and later the um don't love the portrayal of like people with disabilities with right. the sort of like magical soothsayer incest uh product of incest uh person who is like differently able because either way it's like okay are we treating them as a monster or are we treating them as a like divine because either way it's not not really good that is the one thing where i think he leaned in to going uh, this is just a trope in horror films, especially like mm, in like the sure. grindhouse horrors of like 70s and the early 80s of, uh, you know, he he could have had, he you know, he, elephant man type type yeah. deformities and stuff like these are these are classic um, archetypes that, yeah, they don't sit well now. But in the context of the film, I think I think that that is the thing of them all of it all that villainizes this group. Um, obviously yeah. other things but like if if you take that out of it i could see myself sitting there going like well yeah they they're old and they sacrifice themselves <laughs> this is what they do uh in the director's cut there's a second you you don't get to see the the uh, second um ritual uh in the regular in the theatrical cut and the director's cut it is uh they do this big kind of uh song and dance about uh throwing in uh good uh, stock good meat good uh, vegetables and stuff into the river and they go oh the god is still angry we need to sacrifice something else and a little boy walks up and you just watch Danny going like well no and he's got like well, they put weights on him and stuff uh, and she's like no we have to they're gonna kill a kid now like this this seems almost and then they go oh the god is sac- is is satiated we don't have to sacrifice him and then they all applaud like the little boy uh, who it's like a, playing a role it's a real, it's a real Abraham and Isaac situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but that one, that one is really you can feel the kind of Sunday school play vibes of like even the adults are playing like, who should we get to go in the water? <laughs> like it's just very <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, the and the only other thing I'll say about that is that like I feel like that character didn't or, or the 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 sort of disabled character had really no there didn't have much of a point to the plot in general so it was kind of just like see all right moving on to the next thing and i was like why did we int- why was it introduced at all it, which i don't know again we should i should probably it's... say a couple of star wars things before we. I don't know. <laughs> yeah um one star wars thing that i have in my head is um so so the thing i think i like the most about this movie is the sort of display of like group empathy 
Yeah. For, you know, when the guy, the man of the two falls off the cliff or jumps off the cliff and lands on his leg and he's, like, writhing in pain, they're all, like, moaning in pain, too. And, like, when, um, obviously, the, like, famous kind of crying scene when, when Danny's crying in the house with all the twin beds and then all the other women are crying with her, like, in exact like rhythm and like the even yeah. the, the the women in the like sex ritual are doing this sort of like sing-songy version of like a like a pleasure moan you know mm-hmm. like all in unison like the the oh and and then of course when they set the the yellow triangle on fire everyone's running around like they're being burned and and it is like i i guess a, I think that's a very interesting idea, like a collective empathy. And B, is it's it's the force, <laughs> <laughs> like being able to like feel someone else's feelings, you know, like sure. search your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the entire commune is force sensitive. That's actually, you know, what's funny is this. It did have we, we've t- we've talked about it before on the show. Um, and don't worry, guys, the game will be pretty short, so we won't go too long. <laughs> uh, we've talked about it before on the show, like. If you can uh, take put Star Wars above the title and like, would people believe it was a Star Wars movie? I don't necessarily think so, but there's shots mm-hmm. of this and parts of this where I feel like if you showed the commune divorced from context, you could convince people yeah. that it is a Star Wars planet. Oh, you could because me? it's yeah. uh, Anakin and Padme aren't riding around that big pig thing on Naboo right next to that place. <laughs> yeah, Come on, yeah. totally Come on. <laughs> that like that like airbag animal. Yeah, because <laughs> it's all it's all um, one biome. It's daytime yeah, all the time. They have cool little costumes. Like, it's a lot like Octo, where all those um, like fish n- nuns live. You know, like just like, like little huts. I mean, or it's it's a lot like a lot of environments. In fact, I I was reminded also sort of of the Ewoks, like. Yeah, they probably have a weird ritual suicide thing in their culture. One hundred percent. I also was reminded by, and I also this I should get this on the record. I also uh, greatly detested uh, the Rise of Skywalker, but yeah, that moment movie. of uh, the yes. um where they go to the uh, kind of like the the rave, the outdoor rave, and like with the yes. weird the colors, the oh, colors yeah. and stuff, and that the co- you know, when they go on a color run, yeah, r- right. Right. <laughs> when they do the tough mutter, uh, <laughs> uh one Star Wars thing it in this in this actually is maybe it's up there for my favorite moment in the film, um, because it is the crescendo of my favorite track on the soundtrack, uh Fire Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh when the uh Harga elder takes out like the honey and you think it's medicinal medicinal honey and he goes, This will you won't you won't feel any pain if you take yeah. this. And then the guy immediately starts to wail in pain because he's burning alive. I right. Like, Jedi mind trick right there. Look, he convinced them. He's like, you're not going to, f- you won't feel any pain. I won't feel any pain. Yeah. Uh, uh, nope, you will. Uh, just Yeah, that was straight up rude. <laughs> very mean. Mean spirited. That's that, that, that elder actually had a grudge against that guy. That's what they don't show you. Is that the other guy did get the medicinal one, but that guy was like, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> To be honest, the only other Star Wars thing I have is like the trope in all the Star Wars movies of the the like right to left sort of comic book style art that shows how to um, yeah mm-hmm. get someone to love you with your pubes and menstrual blood. Like you see that over and over in Star Wars. So yeah, yeah. I, I and also that that once was, again like, a very among funny <laughs> among the Ewoks, it is another very Ewoks <laughs> thing yeah. that they do. Yes. If you if you cut away to the right at, in during Yubnub in Return of the Jedi, you'll see a bunch of Ewoks jumping off of cliffs. Uh, <laughs> it's upsetting, <laughs> very upsetting. Totally. 
But he, but George changed that in the special editions, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baddies all wear white. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's actually a good point. There's also just mostly white people. Oh, oh yes, yeah. we forgot. We forgot about there's one black person. And yeah, there like, you go. And there's one female protagonist. I didn't, to, I didn't mean to have that sound like I was excited that there was one. I was <laughs> excited that you. No, I, I didn't know. notice we, that we, until now. But <laughs> we find ourselves having that same dilemma a number of times. Like here's a, something that gets at a lot of points in our eyes. <laughs> Wait, it's no, a no, bad no, no. because like our scale <laughs> is yeah, bad. Yeah. It's a bad. Th- it's a bad thing, but it is a very Star Wars thing. Yes. <laughs> there, yeah. there is a core group. Yeah, there's like one girl in the core group. There's one black guy in the core group, and it's a very tall sidekick to the potential Han Solo <laughs> rig. Uh, yes, there's a queen. There's a queen. Old ritual. Also, magic. So, something that's not Star Wars is I don't think you, see, you don't see very many female bad guys or females in, in uh, like in power in general, aside from like General Leia and Mon Mothma. But yeah, most of your most of your Imperials you see are normally men. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the and they have the European accents, yes, <laughs> yes. That that, that was there. <laughs> there was a couple times this movie where I was like, "Man, Swedish Swedish chef is funny," and <laughs> you know, like just occasionally I was like, "Some of the times the way they talk in English is funny to me," and I think it's because of the Swedish chef. Yeah, there's that in Muppets now that's on Disney Plus. That, yes, uh, they are really touch and go. But any, I watched the Pepe the King Prawn sketches, and I like any Swedish Chef sketch. And those two are those are always one hundred percent. Swedish Chef, <laughs> Swedish Chef never misses. Uh, yeah. If you guys haven't watched that yeah, one where he makes totally. popcorn on YouTube and you turn on the captions, it's incredible. <laughs> go do it. It's fantastic. Uh, I will be looking that up. We, do we want to? Um, does anyone else have any Star Wars things? We, we go to the break real quick. I think we should probably jump into the Sarlacc pit and then play this game because we're already running pretty long. <laughs> yeah, we're running pretty long, but we'll be we'll, yeah. So let's let's, let's jump into the pit and play a game. Great. Wee woo. <gasps> we love you, and may the merch be with you. That's right. Hello, Hizmi's listeners. It's Josiah and, and Mike. Mike here in the ad break to talk to you about our merch. We sometimes mention it at the end of the show. But we have merch. We've got several cool designs on our Tee Public store that you could get on a shirt, a sticker, a mug, whatever you want. Mike, what are some of those designs? Oh, we got Star Wars is Chili, the classic Skyline Chili logo reappropriated to our show. We got just straight up Hasui. We've got the logo for the podcast. There's a lot of designs. And we're always making new ones. They're always cooking in our brains. So go to our social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, go to the link in the bios there because that'll take you straight to the How Star Wars is a store on Public. And it helps support the show. That's right. B- Bye, Bye, babies. How Star Wars is it? And we're back. And we're back. And, yeah. Um, I've... <laughs> <laughs> and I've got can you the game get this Josiah? Week. Can you get that clean, and then we'll put that in all of our episodes? <laughs> yeah, please. If you want to download uh, yeah. that ringtone of <laughs> Stephen Kropa does Howard Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this uh, game is called "This Is My Baseball Slash Midsummer RPG." So, oh my God. Um, Stephen, I, you've done a couple of podcast RPGs in your day, um, and you are still cur- and you are currently doing some of those. Yes. So some things that we do on this game a couple sometimes is uh, one time I made a D20 system uh, to play baseball uh, for Mike and another guest, Ethan, Ethan Krupp. And I've occasionally returned to that well 
and tacked on other stupid things on top of it. So uh, you need a D20. You need a D20, and I <laughs> knew you'd have one handy. Uh, so. I th- I thought was in honor of uh, Steven's mini uh, RPG pro- projects, we were going to play our little baseball Midsummer RPG. Can I tell you the so, D20 that I selected is from my A24's Green Knight RPG ooh. that they released uh, before the movie ever came out. Beautiful. Wow. It's all co- it's all coming together. <laughs> there was so, a tweet okay. I saw one time that was like Oh, just found out that A24 stands for a 24-year-old thinks this is the only movie production company. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So the way this game works uh, uh, is that we will have three innings because uh, it takes because uh, baseball is too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, there's only two stats, and that is offense and defense. Okay. So um, you and you get to choose your team name. Now, Mike has a team that is a legacy team at this point. Yeah, I'm sort of stuck with it. And uh, so, Mike, will you go ahead and let, let Steven yeah. and listeners so, know? So, you know how basically every baseball team is a bird? So, my baseball team is the Mike Robbins. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. <laughs> Which is so dumb. Steven, <laughs> so, Steven, you can pick whatever team name you like. Uh, past team names have included the Tatooine Moons, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Uh, and the Mike Robbins. So whatever team name you'd like uh, uh, for your I baseball will team. I do the uh, – because I didn't know if I had to be on theme, but I won't do anything on theme. I'll do – no, I'll do the first two words that came into my head, which were the Italy X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> the Italy X-Men. Okay, great. Yeah. It's kind of like those uh, – Oh, that, my that's... God. <laughs> Italian, that Italian Spider-Man show, but it's uh, the Italy X-Men. Yeah. The Great. canon so, of our baseball teams now, it, each, <laughs> each name is uniquely funny. <laughs> and also, also, all of them except the Mike Robbins have copyright problems. Uh, right. <laughs> here specifically with Italy. Yes. <laughs> yes, you cannot say Italy. Yeah, They're very get, litigious. Right. So uh, to g- jog the memory of the listeners and to tell Stephen, the way this works is we're going to roll uh, the offense and defense will both roll a D20 at, this, at the same time. If the hitter gets higher than the pitcher... Uh, or if the, you know the offense gets higher than the defense, then they get uh, a hit, and then the number they rolled will determine if it is a single, a double, a triple, or a home run. Um, so one to ten is a single, eleven to fifteen is a double, sixteen to nineteen is triple, and a nat twenty is a home run. Uh, or you know if it gets higher than a twenty, it's a home run. If the pitcher rolls a twenty, it's an automatic strike. One strike and you're out because otherwise it takes too long, and uh, that's pretty much it. So would you? Real quick, guys, you have uh, th- three points to put into offense or defense, which will be your, your floating modifiers. So, Mike, I don't remember which one you prefer, but which would you like? Oh, I don't remember either. Maybe I think this time I'm just going to throw all of them into one. I'm going to put all of them into offense, into hitting. Okay. And, uh, Steven, you've got three points. You can, you can split them up into offense sure. or defense. I'm going to um, nullify his uh, by also doing three points into offense. Great, great. So we've got a really off Okay, so, all right, welcome to the annual Midsommar in Sweden Baseball Championships. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a baseball game tournament that takes place on the longest day of the year in Sweden because the sun is out all day and you never run uh, out of light. So if you tie like a it. bunch and have to go into extra innings, it's okay because <laughs> it's always daytime. So... These championships happen every year, and they're kind of weird, but not that weird. But every 90 years, they're really weird. (laughs) And this is the 90-year one, so it's going to get a little crazy. 
Um, also, no one's ever heard of this festival before, but the people running it live in Sweden and have children that go out into the real world and come back and have been doing this festival forever, but somehow still no one's heard of it. Anyway, here we go. Let's see. <laughs> I'll stop being passive aggressive at how I didn't like the movie. <laughs> All right. So first uh, things first, I need you both to roll a d20. And uh, this is to decide something that is entirely, uh, that is related, but um, no, it's not baseball related. I got a 12. I rolled a six. All right, Mike, so you got higher, which means you are a shitty boyfriend slash partner. Um, and Steven, you got the lower, which means you had a tragic event recently in your past. But what am I in the game? So, Mike, you're going to get an extra plus three to offense because you, you're really offensive and you suck. And uh, Steven, you're going to get a plus three to, to defense because those walls have been built up very high by this tragic uh, event. Yes, okay. All right, so... Here we go. It's the first inning. Before this game even starts, you are offered drugs. All right? Before, the, <laughs> before it even starts, you're offered drugs. Do you take them? You're told that you won't get a bad trip and that it's very chill. I mean, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, of All course. Right. Okay, great. All right, you both take drugs. Immediately, you're on, you're in a very bad trip, and it's not fun at all. So go ahead. You're gonna you're gonna both take a negative five to all rolls now. So there's gonna be some floating modifiers here. But let's go ahead and start the first inning. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna uh, let's see. Uh, both roll again, real quick. Or D20. Let's see who gets to go first on offense. Okay, I got a 17. I rolled an 11. All right, so Mike, you're on offense first. So let's go go ahead and. Uh, Steven, you're rolling for defense. Mike is rolling for offense. And let's do that first roll. <laughs> so I got a two, minus five, plus six. So I got a three. <laughs> uh, Twelve. All right. So that is a uh, strike, which means... I know. <laughs> pretty, but that, which means you're out and possession changes. Because if we do three strikes, it takes too long, yep. as I've learned in previous games. So... Great. Go ahead and roll. Now, uh, Steven's on offense and Mike's on defense. Okay. So go ahead and roll those numbers. Okay, so I'm totaling out to a seven. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'm not doing my math, so I rolled 15. You rolled 15, and then you got, uh, you're got you on offense, plus 18, minus 5 is 13. So you still beat him. You get one point. Sweet. <laughs> so the Italy, Italy. <laughs> The Italy X-Men have one run. Uh, go ahead and roll again. We got to roll the till we team, get a strike. The team that all the other teams hate and fear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, roll uh, again okay, for so me. Okay, so what's a 10? What's all the math? <laughs> so, Mike, you're on defense, right? So yeah. you're, just, you're, you're just a solid 10 minus 5 right now. Yeah, So you, great. you're just minus 5. So okay, 5 for Mike. 12. 12 total or 12 before? Tell me what the math If you want me to do the math. But I'm, oh, yeah, I you're good. No, you, uh, you're on... Uh, offense. offense. So plus three, <laughs> minus, minus five. five. So minus two. <laughs> so you still beat Mike. Two runs Great. for the Italy X Men. Yes. Oh, so a hit is a run. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sorry. Oh, I okay. forgot Great. to do that other thing. I am an idiot. <laughs> The, with with all the math that's happening right now, I don't think there's ever a possibility for anything more than a single. <laughs> yeah, so we'll say the bases are loaded right now. Two bases? Great. Yeah, two bases are loaded. Go ahead and roll again. I forgot my own rules of my game, which also happens every time we do this. All right, so I'm doing all my math here. I'm totaling out to a one. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 13. All right, you still beat I Mike, still so beat bases Mike. are actually uh you have one run now and you got two people on base okay. if i'm doing this correctly so they're loaded it is yeah a they two are loaded base system by the way right <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And where's right. the three fence in this one? <laughs> Luckily, there's no three fence uh, this time. All right, uh, Mike, oh, please boy. roll something higher so we can go to the next inning. I rolled Ooh. a 16, so a 11. Pretty good. Yeah, Pretty I rolled good. a two, so. All right, there it is. Possession changes. The Alex would have one run uh, after I accounted for the errors I made. Okay. <laughs> So the second inning, uh-oh, guys, two of the referees jump from the tallest part of the stands, and they kill themselves. <laughs> the and referees. A few, and a few members of both of your teams are missing, but uh, got to keep going. Uh-huh. Got to keep going, right? So um, for this next round, because there's no referees, you can cheat. Uh, so <laughs> once per uh, matchup, you can re-roll a die, but you have to do it before you both reveal it. So if you get a low number that you don't like, you can just... Uh, you roll it. Okay. Great. All right. Oh shit. So I'm hitting again. Yes. Yeah. And and uh you've you have you have worn off at the drugs now, so everything oh. is just your normal your uh, normal okay. uh effects. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh so I if I recall have like a plus six on offense, yes. Correct. All right, I got a, a plus three to seventeen total. Oof. All right. Five total. All right, that is gonna be a triple for Woo. the for the Mike Robbins. Uh, go ahead and roll again. I'm cheating and re-rolling. Oh, great. Wow. I went from a one to a two. So I got a eight. <laughs> I got okay. a one and a two together. I rolled a 12. Oh, shit. There it is. That's a – you were so close to scoring, but that's a strike, and we're on to the third inning. Ba- or no, sorry, we're no, on to the uh, – Stevens on offense now. Stevens yeah. on offense. Yeah. Possession changes. All right. All right, five. I'm rolling it. <laughs> Roll a 12. There it is. All right, you got on second? Yeah, you're on second base. Fifteen. Three. Ooh, and that's an out. All right, well, the score is still 1-0 for the Italy X-Men. <laughs> Famously score, low-scoring game in the, uh, the, the Midsummer Baseball Championships. Okay, so... Let's see. The high, the high. Steven has the higher score right now. So, Steven, that means you're the May Queen. <gasps> so, you have a huge dress of flowers that will give you negative three to all your rolls. <laughs> so, your bonuses are can- are canceled out now because <laughs> you had plus three to both. Okay. Uh, and Mike, you actually have this new creepy girl on your team who uh, wants to have sex with you <laughs> and has made you eat and drink her hair and bodily fluids. So you don't know if that'll help or not, but she's on your team now. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, it's time for the third <laughs> inning. All your friends are gone. You're the only one on each of your team. But like I said before, it's the suck cost fallacy, so we might as well see this one through. Got to finish the game. And you do find out that if you lose this game, you will be on the docket to be sacrificed. Uh, and that the winner of this game gets to decide if you get killed or not. So, oh. just that might up the stakes a little bit. Yeah, but I do want that bear costume. So <laughs> I don't. Do I haven't free bear costume. <laughs> I haven't lost any uh, uh, multipliers or whatever, right? Or added points. No, you are still plus six to offense, but that's the only thing you have. All right, right. And I you just, also have this. I just weird swung a twenty-two. <laughs> Am I wait? I'm offense. I'm defense right now. I guess you're defense right now. Yeah, because yes. we're in the top of the third. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> how about a Being nine? Great, or, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. All right. So you got a nine, Stephen. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a home run. So that's one run Uh-oh. for uh, the Mike Robbins. It is now one to one. Get it oh. together, X Men. <laughs> oh boy, eighteen. So what's that? A twenty-four. It's a triple. <laughs> oh dang! Yeah, I forgot. Oh, sixteen. Damn. Damn, that's two runs for the Mike <gasps> Robbins. But I look wow. good doing it. So. You look really good. Yeah, you're the May Queen, so yeah. 
It, it hurts to look good sometimes. <laughs> Roll again, everybody. Nine, so 15. Oof, one. Damn, the Mike Robbins coming from behind. <laughs> oh my God. So what's that, a tr double? That was a double, yeah. Uh-oh. 19, so what's that, 25? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 12. <laughs> <laughs> Man, really, it hurts to be the May Queen in this point. All right, go again. Yeah. That was two runs batted in. So now, what, 18 plus 6 is 24? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Four. Oof. All right. And uh, let's keep going. Total 19. 13. Jesus. 13. <laughs> All right. And uh, so what is that, 5 to 1 with someone on third? I'm going to say that's right. All right. Go ahead and go again. Uh, two. So eight. Uh -huh, 13. There it is. Finally, possession changes. Okay, <laughs> Steven, you have to you have to get four points to tie. Okay, and Mike and has what's no the bonuses pube to doing to me. <laughs> um, you'll find out. So, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> go ahead and roll. Fifteen. Oh, twelve. Okay, Mike, I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to roll again <sighs> and take the lower one because all you can think about right now is sex, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the lower was 13. What'd uh, you get, Steven? 12. <laughs> well, you still managed to figure it out even with that raging boner. So, uh, <laughs> so Mike, the Mike Robbins win this game five to one. So, Mike, wow. you are not the May Queen, but you do get to decide if you will sacrifice Steven who in this situation is someone you do know and have a relationship with and have known mm. for a long time, <laughs> or if you will sacrifice one of these random people that you don't know. I feel as though it would be um, rude to my host city to sure. sacrifice one of them having only just met them. So I guess I'm going to have to sacrifice May Queen Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Joke's well, on you. I have Darwin's powers, so I will just survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will not catch on fire. You will get like a stone skin. Yes. Was well, he the, the Italy Italian X-Men? <laughs> no. Famously. He yeah. He was. No, the, the only Italian X-Men was actually Galileo. Matt um, Mario. <laughs> and Mario. <laughs> Uh, also, famous drug user, Mario. So, <laughs> the Italy X-Men, short-lived but powerful run. They made it to the championships, and, but they did get defeated by the, the Mike Robbins, who have a long-standing history of... I can't remember if they've won before, but they have played I know that I plummeted to my death off the Burj Khalifa at one point, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember yeah, that's what true. else has happened to me. So, so, Stephen, don't worry. All of the Mike Robbins did die before, and so the Italy X-Men could come back, because okay. uh, this is like... Once again, it's like the X-Men, you know, death is a revolving door. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, that was my Midsummer Baseball mm -hmm. RPG. And mm -hmm. uh, let's get into the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so are you honored to have won that baseball game? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to have won that baseball game. Um, okay. So we need to put the wheels down and land this thing. But um, what what other pieces of the movie either do we need to talk about just to, like, address? That, that's that's the tricky thing about the show is, like, yeah. in things that we have, like, an understanding that, like, maybe a lot of people haven't seen this, like um, uh, Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation, or the idea <laughs> yes. of Veggie Tales. Like, we felt mm -hmm. like we sort of had to explain them. Whereas this, like, I felt like we sort of were able to just jump right in with the assumption that maybe people have seen it. But are there other pieces of this movie that feel like they need to be called attention to? Or mm -hmm. do we just go straight into, like, any other Star Wars connections that we have? <laughs> I feel like we covered 
a decent chunk of it. It's very, like we said, it's very well made. The cinematography is fantastic. I think that is a Star Wars connection in general because at its best, Star Wars has very good cinematography, but also mm. st- it doesn't sometimes too. Yeah, sometimes it's and very this, like static. Yeah. This movie is very 100% across the board excellent visuals, and Star Wars is yeah. like not always that way with it, especially like, you know, the mileage varies from movie to movie. There were Mm. four movies that came out in 2019 that I like jokingly said like this, if there wasn't a Star Wars this, this year, this would be my Star Wars. Uh, This Mm. was one of them. (laughs) Uh, Little Greta Gerwig's Little Women was one of them. Uh, No Bombax Marriage Story was one of them. And then uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they all brought me so much more joy. Than oh the actual God. Star Wars movie that we got here. <laughs> yeah, I, Parasite was Parasite. I think was I had the experience that that you're talking about, Stephen, for 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 Midsummer, where I was like, I left and I was just like, I can't stop thinking about it. And like what you said, oh, like I was yeah. like, I'm thinking about this movie for for weeks, for freaking mm-hmm. weeks. Can't stop talking about it. Yeah. Um. And same with Rise of Skywalker, but I couldn't stop talking about it for the opposite reason. <laughs> so um. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Marriage Story made me cry. I'm almost excited to watch that movie again because I've like fully erased it from my mind. <laughs> I've seen yeah, it. I saw same. it once in theaters, and for that to be a sentence, I never thought I would say that I saw yeah. a Star Wars movie once in theaters. Right. Same. Um, same. I went to see Force Awakens like three times because I was just so excited. I saw Last Jedi, I think, twice in the same 24-hour period. <laughs> yeah, I saw Jedi multiple times too. It was yeah. I was just like, and then yeah, I saw Red Skywalker and. I you can hear it on our episode. It's very sad. Mike I, and I were so disappointed. Well, that's right. And you had gotten home at like 2 a.m. or something. Oh, my gosh. I was in a show in the middle of nowhere and had to drive 45 minutes after the show to go see the midnight premiere. And then I got home at 3.30 in the morning. It was terrible. I went to – I was out here. I went to the Grom's Chinese Theater where Star Wars had its original premiere. I was yeah. wearing the shirt that I'm wearing right now. I love my Space Prince, which is uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren, which I do love. Uh <laughs> I was so excited. I got so hyped. There was a woman, an older woman who was next to me. She's like, I'm here by myself too. I was like, great, we'll be buddies. Wait, did you marry her too? I did marry her. (laughs) And Tobin is, I think, (laughs) 17. Wow, 17? (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Tobin and Gideon. No, I just, you know, both of you know, I'm a pretty genial guy. I like talking to people, especially if I'm by myself. I'm talking Uh to people. They're there opening night at the Chinese. I was assuming they're a fan. This woman said, this is my first Star Wars I'm seeing. I was like, okay. What? Uh, we were talking. She goes, I work for Jimmy Kimmel. He goes, you're pretty funny. We should talk after the movie. I was like, okay, I'll keep that in the back of my head. And then at the end of the movie, she turned and she goes, oh, how do you feel? And I <laughs> went, oh, I kind of am like, I don't know. What did I just watch? And she goes, nope, I don't want to hear it. If you didn't like it, I don't want to talk to you. And she got up and left. And I went, okay, that's totally fine. I guess I won't be on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> wow. Weird. Yeah. I There was, we, we don't have to talk, we shouldn't talk about Rise of Skywalker. No, it I just had talk to. talk for like 30 uh-huh. more minutes. Had to get that on record. Yeah, no. No, that, that's, that's one thing I think our podcast can be, Mike, is that we need to get people, we need to let people talk about how much they didn't like Rise of Skywalker. Because I feel like people, after the fact, felt like they couldn't talk about it as much as they wanted to and i think that has been an outlet of, mm. of ours mm-hmm. is people can voice maybe their, that's their just how feelings. we start introducing guests from now on like okay yeah. before we get into things what did you think about rise yeah. of skywalker? i think it's how we start getting guests we say <laughs> did you have any opinions on rise of skywalker that you felt like didn't give enough get get enough you didn't get enough of it out yeah you can come talk about it on our show but okay, any other any other Star Wars thoughts? The the only other one that just came to mind is like I know there's the one shot when they're carrying her and she's standing on the platform and she 
she's like kind of camera right, but in the background, there's like a hidden face in the trees that I, of course, didn't see, but I've since mm-hmm. seen on like Google searches that there's like hidden faces and stuff. But that's my fa- my like Star Wars connection would... here is in like the asteroid field. They used like a shoe and a potato as asteroids, and they're like <laughs> hidden in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. Is that Star Wars? <laughs> Uh, you know, something we said recently in another episode that I think tracks with this too is Midsummer feels very art, arts, not artsy. That's like a like sort of seems like it's a derogatory term, but it, it feels like a more artistic film that was made with like a certain purpose and vision. And Star Wars in general is more pop art, you know, or like uh, I can't remember commercial art, like you've said. I think Mike in an mm. episode, but. So there, that's a big difference for me because Midsummer is a movie, which gives it some points, but it's also supposed to be scary. And it's a thriller, and not very many Star Wars movies are scarier thrillers, too. So it's going to be kind of low, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any more stray thoughts, Stephen? Uh, I don't have any more stray thoughts other than uh, that. I don't know. I, it's there's like any uh, director uh, that is a director and writer that is. Hmm of to, of modern sensibility they are entirely influenced by spielberg and lucas entirely mm-hmm. like they're they're doing you know the the dining the the uh like pizza place scene is is essentially the jaws scene you know the jaws compare scars scene but it's emotional scars you know yeah. it's um just these little just any just the relationships between you know it, Earlier in their relationship, Danny and Christian probably argued like Han and Leia, but now this is like what mm. happens when they can't escape each other and go back to being a smuggler. You know, right. this is what happens after Kylo gets uh, kills everybody at the Jedi Temple. You know, they fight with each other and they can't leave. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I haven't watched this with the intent of going. Uh, oh, where did he uh, crib from? Lucas and Spielberg, uh, but mm. I guarantee you could and come away with a bevy of things. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. That's probably true about any like modern movie. <laughs> I was reading an yeah. uh, article about how there's uh, some like Kubrick references and like uh, inspiration, Wicker Man stuff. So like there is like this is a someone pulling on their influences and their uh, and creating a pastiche. Yeah, as you that's will. a very which is Star Wars. Thing. Yeah. Ari Aster went to film school. He is, uh, he started, he'd made his own shorts very much like Lucas and then, mm. you know, uh, had a breakout hit. And now, again, that's the thing is like, what he makes next will be really interesting if he does switch genres. Because otherwise, I think he'll be stuck like Lucas just doing the thing doing that we thing. loved him doing, just doing yeah. this horror thriller thing. He makes heredity, uh, heredit, Hereditary Part 2, and uh, it's just ooh, the same. Payman's back, baby. <laughs> That's um, the demon from Hereditary. Okay, yeah, we have, I need to see it. The only well, other the other things that we talk about a lot on the show are both music, which we've kind of covered. It's, but Stephen, you said that you listen to the soundtrack a lot. Love I wouldn't have clocked it. I mean, I, obviously, I was aware there was music, but it's not something like with like, uh, like icon themes, like to at when least my knowledge. When it crescendos at the end, mm-hmm. uh, with literally Fire Temple theme is like I work out to it. It's like a hype song for me. Damn, it's hell something yeah. that I listen to like before I go to bed. It's like it covers every base, and it is very much has, and which I can do with like you know I'll write to it. I write to scores, uh-huh. um, you know, and if I want to get a certain amount, a certain type of 
something out of me, I'll put that on, just like I'll put on Williams. Nice. Know, Williams on. Okay, okay, so that's points, I think. That's yeah. points. And then the other thing that we say all the time is, is there sneaking around? And oh, yes. I there's would say there's definitely sneaking, sneaking around. around. Yeah. There's multiple. The whole movie is a sneak around. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's like mid-low. But we should, we should give it a rating. Yes. Yeah, so we on feel the like we're show, we, um, each episode, we pick a unit of measure. You okay. know, like one out of ten. If it was um, a Star Wars thing, we'd say maybe TIE Fighters. Yeah, but sure. we are rating but, Midsummer. So yeah. how many pubes? In the, <laughs> exactly. In the, okay, great. Exactly. Cubes in the cake. Does this get? Uh, yeah. Uh, cake. I'm gonna pubes. do uh, pu- I'm gonna do pulls from a vape pin. Mm. Okay. And I'm gonna do ticks. Because <laughs> that the gets mentioned bit. offhanded like once. Like everybody the ticks had bit some made me laugh tick a lot. story. All right, so we got pube here, uh, pube cake. Oh, cake I was pube. like, oh yeah, I'll stick with that. I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, Steven, you can do you whatever you want. You're not locked into that, but you can do whatever you want. It's your show, man. If you want me to lock into pubes and a cake, I will lock <laughs> into pubes and a cake. We actually make everyone do pubes and a cake regardless I of did. Movie. I did listen to the In and Of Itself episode, and I was uh-huh. like, I don't know where this is coming from, but yeah, because I watched that, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm thinking because it is a movie, it follows a narrative structure that is like identifiable that is like probably the strongest ties it has the star wars we covered a lot of ground but like i'm gonna i'm thinking like really middle of the road in fact possibly just a little tad under the midway point i think i'm gonna give this four out of ten ticks you're insane um (laughs) you're absolutely insane no i I was thinking like a three so i'm gonna give it three uh which is not that much lower than yours (laughs) um just because we've done concepts before and those are like very low Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and say it's a three pulls from a vape pen. I will. I'm going to go right between you two um, just because of the stuff we've just talked about. Mm-hmm. And the half star, half star, half cube <laughs> pull uh, bump from Jack Rayner almost being young Han Solo yes, and yes, not yes. fully being. So I would give this three and a half pubes and a cake. Hell yeah. Yummy, yummy. But if I was well, giving it a rating. It. We got three and a half-ish. It's, well, no, it's three and a half is yeah. the average. So yep. um, we should probably wrap up. Uh, totally. Let's see. Steven, where would you like people to go to see things? Uh, follow me on social at Cropa Cabana on all the platforms. A great Twitter follow. Uh, thank you. Choice. Thank you. Choice uh, follow. My name is not on there. I'm Phoebe Bridgers. On right. It is my profile name but my picture is there so you should know that's me um i am uh you can hear me play more games on the one shot network uh on the neo scum podcast uh and i have a my own role-playing game that i wrote about uh that's also horror based uh called please make sure the bathroom is respectable please uh (laughs) which is a two-person uh narrative role-playing micro rpg uh, based on my experiences living with a 70-year-old uh, woman in Manhattan Beach. I'm just wow. Go I'm just Googling that right now. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you can find our stuff, and me and Mike's stuff in the show notes, but the show is at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we had a TikTok <laughs> go semi-viral, so go uh, get us to 1,000 followers on there. It'll be great. 
and Mike, any toy videos coming out soonish? One or no? will be hopefully soon. I've got the molds made, so I've I've been like piecemealing putting it together. It's taken me weeks, but yes, check out my YouTube, I guess. <laughs> and all that info's in the show notes. So uh, it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. I would say so. <laughs> Well, so, Stephen, at the end, we always say, um, like we always say, uh, we love you. So if you want to say it with us, you can say, we love you, and may the fourth be with you. Um, so feel free to say that with us if you want, if the spirit moves you, but yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. All right, so, like we always say, we love, we love you, and may the fourth be with you. And if you want that as a ringtone of Steven saying that, <laughs> um, you can also check out our iTunes store. Yes. Do you guys remember buying ringtones on our like iTunes? Our iTunes store. <laughs> <laughs>